The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you at, come on, come on, come on, come on, and come on. We ready for y'all right here on the show. Welcome to Laugh and Learn. You yes, look indeed. Pretty today. You got Thank makeup you. on. I only get pretty for you. Oh, ooh. it's a pandemic, so you know, no makeup has been a thing. Oh, well, no makeup, <laughs> no draws, no bras, all no that. panties, all that. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh-huh. We, we welcome you guys to Laugh and Learn today. We have a very special guest coming in later, but I want to talk to you, Lauren. How was your week? My week was good, actually, and I ended it with you, or I began my week, rather, with you, because we were together for, what, 14 hours yesterday? Oh, my God. Oh my. 
We had a beautiful video shoot yesterday for the AHF, AHF, which is AIDS Healthcare Foundation, parody video for condoms. It was raining condoms on my head. Literally. I was in in high heels. It was a 12-hour day. I was in high heels for 10 hours with six-hour legs. Let me just tell y'all that a bitch is in pain right now. (laughs) I told you not to wear them shoes the whole day. It wasn't going to work out. You won't listen to me. I've never been on stage in flats. I'm a real girl. Well, I know you said that, but still, I knew I knew it was going to be a problem. Well, that's not why I failed. I failed because I was so into my character. You were committed. Trying to remember the words. You're committed. And I didn't count the steps. And once they said, yeah, bitch, I'm still here. You playing? <laughs> Bam, down. Tranny down. Old tranny down. Down. <laughs> and you said, where's my life alert when I need it? Where? That was a highlight for sure. It, it was a great time. We had I had a great time. We got to finish it today. So immediately following this show, we go into another set to for work for more hours. But look yep. who's look who's joining us right now. We got to bring this player in. Yes, indeed, because he is a part of this laugh and learn trio. <clears throat> he, she, we, all three of y'all, <laughs> four, five of y'all, twelve of y'all. Okay. You look sure fabulous. This this. Yes, <laughs> this frame. I, do I have the right eye? Is a one. It is fabulous. I can oh. see your shorts, though. You got on. Man, we see your drawers, boo. Yes, God. Oh, y'all did y'all see that? We got it quick. We got it quick. Yes. Now, now we're good. Miss Rosetta. Miss Rosetta, your son is on here with no no pants on. I'm just telling you. I know you raised him better than that too. I know you. I know him. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying there to make sure is. I wasn't because I was afraid Flame was gonna be like, get up off me, you know. So I was trying to make sure I had that right this time. This is and perfect. Thank you, Kendall. Yes, this is perfect. This is a shout out to our photographer Kendall, who is on the camera for those people at home. He and I worked through this uh, last week. He's like, uh, Nick, you know you write up on me, right? I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. So we've been working on it. So yeah. Hello, Mr. <laughs> Smith, that ladies and gentlemen, welcome Nick Smith, who is a part of this Laugh and Learn production. He's he she he's the he and the he she we, and here's the she, and you know of course I'm the we. But we are so glad that you joined us this morning, Nick. How was your week? My week was good until <clears throat> events. You know, honestly, uh, last week they kind of had me a little bit shook. Hold on, uh, like hold, everybody else. Hold on. So let me put on Mac because we've seen very. Let me tell you something. And as much as happened in this country last week, I saw things. I saw the glass half full because we won in Georgia. Let me put my blue glasses on. I don't know what was happening nowhere else, but while they was losing, we were mm-hmm. winning and we won both seats in Georgia. Ossoff and Warnock had salt wig off, all that panties off, duct tape, all that. But we won. So what what was happening on your side of the world? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I just feel like I feel like Georgia and the work of Stacey Abrams and all the other groups on the ground in Georgia. Let's let's not forget about Fair Fight and how they really just mobilized voters. Because in one of the studies I read, Flame, uh, talking specifically about the Georgia runoff election, Senate runoff election, is that as many as ninety thousand new voters came out who did not participate in November. So Flame, Lauren, when I look at that, that lets us know that there is still a need to get people engaged in the civic process. For some reason, people chose to not vote in November, but said, you know what, wow, it really matters now uh, for me to vote in this runoff election. Mm. Yeah, and I wanna say shout out to Hannah and Vesper 
specifically because they really also helped us understand what was going on in the ground on the ground. I'm sorry, excuse me. And Hannah specifically said there's a lot of people, you know, black folks that didn't want to come out and vote. So thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Vesper, for helping us understand that more and bring, you know, some more ears to the conversation. We greatly appreciate that. And you remember they also let us know about different ways to get people to the polls who might need a ride and things like that. All these things help uh, to get people who might be in rural communities or have mobility issues uh, to the polls, whatever it took. It seemed to work because uh, Georgia elected uh, both Democrats to to the Senate. More importantly, it's first black senator. It's first <laughs> exactly. black senator. OK, and, and, in the history of this country. And, and, he's, I, oh. and he's single and he's a preacher. And you know those preachers be a little kinky. I'm just saying, ladies, if you up for the challenge, he got some big old hands, too, and a great big old nose. I'm just saying. <laughs> but and he's know, single. It, you know, Flav, he, he did the work, too, and he kept it elevated. Um, and again, we can refer to uh, Vesper and Hannah on this, who were just two of the people in Georgia that actually see it in real time. But we understand, um, I'm censoring so many things after the fact where Leffler uh, purposely ran ads where he was a little bit darker than he actually is. Uh, uh, not saying it overtly, but you know what that's supposed to suggest, uh, that he was a little bit darker. Uh, she ran ads where they purposely took pieces of his sermon out of context piecing it together to uh, purposely try to divide that it was a, a super negative campaign ran by Miss um, Leffler uh, in this race against Mr. Warnock. And I want to add to that, too. She even took it a step further to attack her team that she uh, is a co-owner for for the NBA. I'm sorry, the WNBA. Mm -hmm. And I watched that last night and they the players were so offended that they said, you know what, OK, we're going to specifically endorse Warnock. So they uh, wore those T-shirts wow. that said vote Warnock on them. And right. um, one of I, I don't remember the exact uh, team, but they're in Seattle. And uh, so shout out to the WNBA, too, for being at the forefront of this entire movement, really, when it came to the Black Lives yes. Matters protest. They were always at the forefront before the NBA even came on board. And they, so, I watched them on Good you. Morning America. They yes. walked in with Team Warnock T-shirts yep. on, mm -hmm. right? Oh, that was gangster. <laughs> yes. I didn't because I was not listening, but it, the TV was on. So I saw them. Right. So now when you saying that, mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, that was gangster. That was intentional. Oh, those are, yes. oh, I need that team. I, I know I got me one stood on there. Hey, boo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? This goes back to what you and I have talked about so many times. What do we do to get more people engaged in the process, you know? Because clearly that's the secret. Well, our guest today is definitely going to have some answers with us on that question because also he was on the ground down there. Common was down there doing concerts. They were doing door-to-door -door knocks. They were having not telethons, but they were really getting the message out because when you're familiar with something and it looks like you, it makes it easier for you to intake. So Common looked like a lot of them young brothers down there. He could speak to them on their level as to where if it was me down there, you know, they might not look at me the same because I don't look like them, even though the message is pretty much the same. So he's going to Come on and tell us that because I was telling Lauren, Lauren is HBCU. Lauren graduated from Spelman. We need more black and brown people not running to the polls to vote, but we need us to be in the in the positions to be voted for. We need mm -hmm. more statesmen, more government. Mm -hmm. We and they have to get these kids young. They got to get these kids in college before they get their records blemished because. 
I, Lil Jack Jack, can make a mistake at the age of 19, but his family is so politically connected or connected to the laws and the government that they can expunge his record and it disappears as to where Lil Tyrone gets into the exact same situation, but his record haunts him for the rest of his life where he can't run for government. We mm -hmm. need to make those changes. That's where we got to start at, but they got to get these kids in college. They got to get these kids young. And I think that goes to us talking about reform in general. You know, it just can't be... It has to start at the local level because we can't mm -hmm. start from the top and then expect things to trickle down. We see in so many instances where that ideology just doesn't work. So to Flame's point and to even some things that you have said as well, Nick, you know, we need to get, you know, police reform. You know, we need to elect the appropriate officials so that way they can, in essence, pave the way for the younger generation to have opportunities to be in these spaces to create the uh, much needed change that we need in America. You know, we've talked about that even in the areas of defund. You know, and I know that defunds for so many people can have this negative connotation. But, you know, we've talked about this and we have no problem when we talk about defunding education. We have no problem when we talk about defunding health care. Um, and we know what those things mean, but we never get the pushback on that. And we saw what lack of defunding can do. An example on Wednesday. I, I called you, Flame, because I was just visibly upset. I, I, was, I was bothered by what I was seeing as a veteran, um, as a black man, as someone who really does know no other place but this country as my home. I was offended because that's not part of the ideals that I hold true. Um, that is not how I want to see things uh, resolved when you disagree with the outcome of an election. I don't know anyone who was not disappointed in my circle in 2016 when Hillary Clinton was not elected president. I don't remember anyone in my circle taking to the nation's capital to demonstrate that way. I don't remember anyone in my circle after Charlottesville doing that after we watched our president of the United States stand back and say there were good people on both sides. When we watched them carry pitchforks, screaming Jews will not replace us, walking with nooses, which only have one connotation, as far as I know, in my limited view of things, and I'll admit that. So when they show up at the nation's capital this past Wednesday with a noose, hang Mike Pence, you may have been screaming Mike Pence, but if you don't know what that imagery relates and says to people who look like me and who know the history of my community, I can't help but be offended and feel neglected and dejected by political officials and those who are elected who will not step in and say, this is unacceptable. Well, I think that's the main thing. They knew what it meant. It wasn't a matter of ignorance. That was intentional. You know, that's what, when people say, oh my God, this is not America in flame, you know, you've said this too, and I completely agree with you. When people say things like, this is not America, this is exactly what exactly America is. What this America is how is. this country was built in essence. You know, we had these Europeans come over here. We had indigenous folks already here. Not only did they, you know, indigenous folks, they, they taught these Europeans how to cultivate, how to survive, how to be in this space. And what did you do? You raped, you murdered, and you killed them. And, you know, you guys were escaping you know, religious, you know, persecution, but you did the same thing when you got here. And then when you realized on your own accord, you couldn't maintain what you stole, you went back and got black folks from Africa to be slaves. That's how you built this country. Yeah. You know, yeah. this country was built on, you know, revolutions, insurrections. That's how this was built. So that's all that these people know to do. And now we're seeing it in a, a broader space and it's on social media. And we have, you know, these platforms where we can actually visually see what's going on. They can't hide anymore. And people are like, oh my gosh, I'm outraged. This is what's been happening. This is nothing new at all. And, 
And Lauren, just to, to piggyback on that, and I guess I, I, the thing that bothered me probably more than anything out of just an array of images that were disturbing, I'm watching the men and women in blue whom we're told, you know, listen, all lives matter, blue lives matter, black lives matter. Okay, I watched many of these men in blue stand back and literally pull barricades back, open doors, let these marauders, these rioters, <laughs> these insurrectionists into the building. Like, uh, well, look, Pelosi's office down that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? That they're like, uh, th th this, this was antithetical to everything that we were supposed to believe that if, if the idea is that we're all one, I did not see that demonstrated last Change week. Change the name, boo. Change the name. Why are they marauders and insurgents? And all? No, they were thugs and gangsters and ghetto, just like they would have called us. Let, well, we going to flip the, the, the coin, flip the goddamn coin. Flame, the difference in this situation, the reason why they need to be called marauders and insurrectionists is because this particular act moved against, there is a term for those who do this against the state and the nation and laws, and um, that's insurrectionists, and that is a federal offense. Well, period. let me say, well, so, use yeah. that for use that for the crime. But let me tell y'all something. While everybody else is watching that, like you say, you were offended and woo woo woo. I was I was not offended. I didn't give a fuck. Let me tell you the truth. I didn't <laughs> right. give a fuck. Not that that somebody got hurt, but right. if that right. would have been Black Lives Matter moving in like that to not even get to the stairs, they would have murdered and slaughtered everybody out there. It would have been dead bodies everywhere. Look like when you take this vaccine. Because after they take the vaccine, give it about a year, all y'all going to be laid out. I said what the fuck I said. I said, if you don't like it, I don't give a Tell Dr. Fauci, you call me, nigga. I'm bigger than you. Come on, bring it. Anywho, <laughs> I, it was so, it, and, and I'm telling you, I didn't celebrate it because the loss of life is the loss of life. That was somebody's mother, brother, son, uncle, what have you. But the police for them in real time to take photographs with these people, for yes. them to... They they always say that they feel threatened by a black man walking to the car, shooting him in the back seven times with no weapon. And y'all had on riot gear, bulletproof vests. You had guns. But I watched the police physically run up the stairs from the mob. You had a gun. You could have shot everything down. But they didn't because if that had been us and they would have pulled me over at a stoplight to say that I didn't make an illegal signal, they would they would have shot me down and it would have been on videotape and they would have got away with it. Oh, I'm not speaking personal about Jacob, Emma. Oh, I'm just saying, uh-huh. I didn't care. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I love when people always holler. That's not what America is. That's not. We, they, we've been screaming that and they say black people, we overly sensitive. We cry baby. It's always about black people. You all feel entitled because you were slaves. We've been telling y'all for 400 plus years that, that who, that's who America was. God damn it. The whole world has seen who America was, and we ain't had shit to do with that. Not We wasn't even, we was in Georgia voting, yep. celebrating with our blue on. Look at Lauren, got on her blue, I got on my blue. I do. Yes, Nicholas, you missing <laughs> out. You ain't got no blue, baby. That, even in that, there were those who had their lives threatened on Wednesday and still voted to question the legitimacy of the election and this is where uh you, you just have to sit back and say ted cruz what are you thinking you know who holly who <laughs> you know uh flame i'm gonna throw out there one of our favorite quotes james baldwin um when a white man in the world says give me liberty or give me death the white world applauds when a black man says the same thing he's judged a criminal and everything possible is done to make an example of him and this bad so there won't be any more like him. Oh, say it, Lauren. 
to say it because I can't say it. Say it, Lauren. Because if I said black man as a black man in drag with titties, give me liberty, give me death, or what color you want your casket? Yeah, I'd, I just think the level of hypocrisy here overall is just something that one is an embarrassment for them, but it's also it's laughable because you these the same group, these Trump supporters, were the same ones to say, how dare you say defund the police? That's disrespectful and blue lives matter. But y'all are the same one that were beating up officers, stomping them to death on the steps of the Capitol. Yeah, it's, yeah. And to your point, the, the, the sayings, they're not universal. They conveniently fit narratives. You know, the give me liberty, give me death. You know, I had a friend, I sent you guys a video. She made a statement that in the Bible, it says, you know, the, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. These sayings are conveniently, you know, spoken, but they <laughs> they're not accurate because as soon as these things start to happen, everybody's in an uproar. You know, we like you guys have said there was 400 years of, you know, us being suppressed and now that we are actually learning the system and using right. the same system that was built to oppress us, but we're using it to our advantage. Oh, people are upset and they're going to continue to be upset because guess what? We understand the game now. We're playing it accordingly. And <laughs> you may have built it, but we're playing it better than you. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly why I want to continue because I know we've got comment coming up today and I'm super excited about that to talk to him about Georgia because in all of this, Georgia was a success for those who are on the ground. And I don't want that lost in this process. There's a lot to be said for Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff and all that was accomplished with that. So we want to make sure that those who are on the ground get their due diligence. All right, let's give this conversation a break and listen to a few quick ads. We'll be right back. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Listen up. I've got a quick message for any black entrepreneurs who are planning on opening a store or who want to grow their business. If this describes you, let me share some info about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of six million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. 
Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Is that my boy on here yet? Uh, yes, ooh, there he is. Who that is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to this show, our show, Laugh and Learn, the Emmy Award winning, Grammy Award winning, Oscar Award winning, but that nigga ain't called me for no job yet, producer, <laughs> director, all that. Hi, Common. Hey, Lauren, what's up? Hi, how are you? You got, you got to speak to Nick, too, even though he's not right here. He's still yeah, on here. Yeah, Nick, I, I just heard Nick talking, man. It, I mean, y'all have some real strong conversations. Sorry. It's, it's, it's entertaining. Don't and be trying to give sorry. us no flash. <laughs> 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 sorry. Yeah. That was Dana who worked with me, trying to get y'all a little quick little flash. <laughs> Tell her, I don't want me looking at that. I don't want my boss to fire me. Tiffany, my boss, don't be fucking with my change. <laughs> <laughs> Common, let me first start by saying thank you. I appreciate you doing this play. And then you know me and you go wait. Look, we go way back for at least about a year and a half. Uh, yes. Let me tell you what happened when I met Common through Tiff, y'all, of course. And uh, we were just playing cards. Now, the nigga can't play no space. He's from Chicago, oh, but he can't fuck with me on no space. <laughs> hey. Anywho. Yeah, but, you, oh, <laughs> but you know what I respected about Common? Common accepted me for just how I was. The, this mouth, it, I, sometimes I'm in drag, sometimes I'm not. I'm still, what's up, he, she, we, whatever. And never look, look past whatever I was to have just a regular conversation with me. You're a good dude for that one. But you still ain't put me on the shot, but we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> shameless plugs, shameless plugs. Shameless plug. But listen, Flame, I got, I got love for you. Your heart is... Your heart is what count, and we connect like we just connected automatically. I don't, you know. Ooh, That's Chicago. That's Chattown. Chicago. It's Chicago. We, you know, we welcoming like, and and even my when my when my homies met you, I felt there was an advancement for them like because my you know we grew up on the south side, you know, in certain ways, and when my friends met you, they was like flame cool as hell. Yo, flame went to CBS like I did like, and it just was like a breakthrough. You know, and I for some of my friends, and I felt good about that. But anyway, it was it was natural for me to to have love for you. Your your, your actions towards me and th that statement that you just made. Somebody out there who's unsure of how they feel about somebody because they look, you just changed their man and their heart because you a real nigga. I appreciate you coming. I do, and they and he gave me a birthday party for my birthday last year. <laughs> hey. it, the food was so good. I I was introduced to jackfruit at your party. I had never had that before. I know that jackfruit, she hooked it up. We got a shout out Chef Amira. She did a great job with the jackfruit and your whole birthday. That was fun. Like the kids was here. My daughter was here. Tiffany, all of us, man, we celebrated you. And I felt, I felt good, man. It's like all that was going on in, in the year. We just, 
was able to share love and just be able to celebrate you. So I'm happy we had that time. Thank you, Carmen. Mm-hmm. And my son, your whatever conversation you had with my son on the side, on the low, you changed my son's thought process. My son is going to be a great man, possibly in, pro- in spite of the words, because of the words that you said. Now, because I say some of that stuff too, but I guess coming from me, it don't mean the same thing. As it's different. From, yeah. I ain't won no awards or nothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let me tell you this. My daughter don't be actually just listening to everything I say, you know, some things she'd be like, yeah, whatever. But when she get in trouble, like she just had an incident with a Karen um, yesterday and she was like going through it. She hit me up on, cause she know I'm a real nigga though. She know I'm a real cat, but so I'm going to give her the real. And she, you know, she was able to take that. So, you know how it is. Parents, yeah. they ain't always listen to us, but I'm glad we got the village. That's why we got the village. I appreciate you, but we want we we finna go to Georgia right now. So because yeah. you've been there, you was in it, common. You was in the battlefield. We want to know what it was like because some of your stories might not have made CNN or TMZ. Some yeah. of the things that you experienced down there on the ground level, we want to know what that was like. Tell us. Well, I thought. I mean, when I first got to Georgia, it was it was powerful because we went to the to this restaurant um, called Slutty Vegan and uh, and. John Ossoff and, and Reverend Warnock was there, and we were, I sat down and met with them, and and the, and the owner of Slutty Vegan, a black woman, and we all had a, a, a talk, and then we went out and talked about people, and then I mean we went and talked to the to the press and stuff, and I was like, man, this is America. This is what America's supposed to like look like. This black woman owned this spot. We here, like John Ossoff was cool. He understand the plight of black people. He he a, a, a white kid. Reverend Warnock is is a old Southern, young Southern brother that got Southern traditions and they all looking for positions in, in government and looking to do things in the communities. I was moved by Georgia. And then I met people who who like were, were so educated on what voting was, like in the hoods of Georgia. And we, you know, we went eventually to Augusta. We went to to whose their mayor was super cool. We went to Savannah and met with black business people. Georgia, man, it moved me. And I was actually in Georgia filming a movie the, the night, the, the day that um, Biden and Kamala Harris won. And man, it was like, man, Georgia was celebrating, man. And it was, it felt so good. Like, I felt like the world was changing that day. Like that night, I felt the change and the shift and to be in Georgia at that time. And I want to shout out, you know, I was a part of this this thing, but you know, obviously the Stacey Abrams and, and people like Killer Mike and T.I.'s and and people on the ground, the, the the Keisha Lance Bottoms and the people on the ground, Black Pack, they've been doing that work in Georgia for a long time. So I don't want to, you know, kind of proceed that. Like we know they they've been doing the work. I just kind of came in and did my part where I could. Well, I think first and foremost we should say thank you for doing your part because you don't have to do it. It's not an obligation. It's something that you decided to do. But I more so want to know how did Vote Georgia really come into play? Like what was the thought? Well, how did it, what was the inception of it? Just so our, our viewers know. Well, it started with this, This like early last year, me and my team, Tamara Brown, and a couple of my team that we do social justice work, we were like, we got to do something for this election. So we created something called Urgency 2020, and it was me and Alicia Keys and and Offset from, from, from Migos. We all, like, were doing certain things and, and, around election, but even everything went out there in the public. It was like some things just behind the scenes. So we eventually teamed up with um, this, group, this group called P68. And we started, and we went on a camp, we went campaigning not only in Georgia, we went through canvassing and, and, 
and, and meeting candidates and, and encouraging people to vote through Florida. We went through North Carolina. We went to South Carolina. Um, and so that was part of it. We went to Georgia, too. Now, eventually, once we won with, uh, and I say we because I never subscribed to a, to an actual political party. I've never been like, yo, I'm a Democrat. I'm a, I just try to support good people. Right. I support people who I think are going to do right by our people and do right by the people. So, and I, and I do my research and my research is usually in the face sitting there talking and, and like, before I preface and get all the information about somebody, I like being in the presence if I can. So I did my research and I went out and supported the candidates I supported. Once I said we won, that means the people who I felt like had our vision in mind, the Joe Bidens, Kamala Harris's, and the Raphael Warnocks, and, and, and those of such, we, we ended up doing more. We, we said Georgia still has, Georgia was still up for the Senate thing, for the, you know, for the Senate race. It was a Senate battle. It was a, it was a runoff. And what I didn't know back when Obama was in office, but you all probably knew because Flame, you are very intelligent when it comes to this stuff. And Lauren, I would assume you might have known too. What I didn't know there was that Obama couldn't get a lot of things done because the Senate was blocking yeah. him and because the House was blocking him. I wasn't even that educated when Obama was in office. But side note is we got to acknowledge the fact that this, this guy was in office really catapulted a lot of us to educate ourselves even more politically. The fact that um, Donald Trump was in office. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I have to say that. But anyway, that being said, I realized that we had to have the Senate. We had to have the Senate. So the 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 things that, that Joe Biden is talking about and Kamala Harris, when they say they want to want criminal justice reform, when they say they want to like take care of student loans, when they say they want to get health care, for them to get some of those things done and us to see the system at work, you got to have the Senate and the, and the House in, in place. So now they can do it. And now we can hold them accountable for real. And you will know, I'm, I just know that I wasn't just out there canvassing, campaigning and speaking up. I will be at, at their desk when I can and, and at all of these politicians desks on their phone saying, hey, what are we doing? Bringing the people and the community workers to them. And what that, what's gonna happen is we gonna be able to see some real change. Y'all know it. I think more people are starting to be aware of it and I feel inspired by it. Yeah. Carmen, let me ask you a question. So what do you think, because you were there and you resonate with the young and the old because of through your music and through your acting and and the way you talk, I've seen you talk to young men on different platforms. You talk to them re very real. That's Chicago, for real. If y'all don't know about yeah. Chicago, we were real people from Chicago. We talk plenty yeah, of shit, but right. we get the job done. But <laughs> what do you think can we can do to get more young people, not just to the polls, but involved in government while they're young? Because I made a point earlier about if you're from a, a prestigious family, white, and you're 19 years old and you get in some trouble, they can make your shit disappear. They can expunge your record. But if you're a black kid and you're in the same situation, it haunts you for the rest of your life. What can you do or we do as a, as a community to get more young people before they get blemishes on their record involved in government? So not only are we at the polls voting in droves, but we're voting for us in droves. Well, that's a great question. I think that... Um a lot of that flame is us educating our young people and saying, having those talks, like let's take Offset, for example, Offset from Migo. He didn't know he could vote because he had been, he had gotten, he had got put in jail for a second. Wait a minute, is that Cardi B's boyfriend? Her husband, yes. Yeah. Oh, well he didn't yeah. know he could vote because he was caught up in that WAP. Anyway, come on, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> you know something about that player. You know something about that. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I, hey, I definitely can be caught up in the tipicity. Tipicity land, tipicity land is, is a beautiful place. But uh, let me say, yo, I was like, he was young. He is young, and, did, and was like, man, he didn't know he could vote. So, like, his mother told him. His mother is, is a very intelligent woman. It was really telling him, like, you could vote, man. Even though you know, in certain states, you can have a felony and vote. And when he found that out, he said, man, this is exactly what he said. He said, man, I've won awards. I've been, I've had these achievements, but he said that voting sticker on his jacket was one of the greatest things he ever felt in his life. Mm -hmm. Just having that voting sticker and having people walk out and say, man, thank you. Not thank you because you offset from Migos, but thank you for voting. And, and I think more young people need to feel their power in that. And we have to educate them on their power, let them know what they can do and break break down some of the, like, yo, you got homies that's been locked up for, for marijuana. These are the people that can change those laws. And here are some of the people that are changing the laws. And show them the, show them the, the, the um, Ilhan Omar's, like the congresswomen like that, and, and Ayanna Presley's, and show them, you know, the, the Kim Foxes and state's attorneys in, in Chicago who are from where we're from and are who we are and are working to do the things we need. And then let them know it ain't that difficult to, to run, like to run, educate yourself. And, and man, we need people like you. If you see something going wrong, why not step in and, and be, the, be the change, be the person who does it? Because I mean, we all human beings. One thing I learned as much as I look up to Dr. King and Malcolm X, and and Frederick Douglass and and Harriet Tubman, they still like they are the great say Muhammad Ali. These are my inspiration, but they still are human beings, and I can aspire to be great in myself. So I think we got to inspire our young people to, to feel that. Yeah, I want to touch on a couple of things. I would wholeheartedly agree with you on the fact that if it wasn't for Trump, this is the one thing he can get credit for. I felt safe when Barack Obama was president. You know what I mean? I don't I wasn't watching the news like I am now. But because of all of the craziness that's happened in these four years, I have better educated myself. I'm learning so many new things about government for sure. And also, too, in terms of getting more black and brown youth involved, you know, it takes a village. That's kind of like what you and Flame are talking about in terms of the parenting. It takes a village. You never know where that, you know, light bulb may go off when you're talking with folks. But my, I have a, a separate question that I kind of want to take it to the side here. You are a part of creating music for a very, I would say, um, I don't know, it's just, it was, uh, it was such an amazing film, The 13th. What was it like working with Ava DuVernay on such a special project. What was that experience like? Well, I love Ava. Ava is one of the, the most intelligent and like most thoughtful and just dope people that I've ever been able to work with and been around. Um, to see this black woman as a leader on a, on a movie set really changed my life because I had been on movie sets where I've been playing action and playing, you know, and most of it were led by white men, you know, like that's just what it was. I don't think I've been on any other sets where, you know, so my first movie with a black woman in as the head of things was was um, Selma. And that is how I got really connected with Ava and got to work with her. I had met her before at Sundance. And, you know, from there it was just like seeing her put, she had the makeup department, 
was 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 a black person. Our cinematographer Bradford Young, black, like it was beautiful. Like the costume design, Ruth Carter, who just went on and won an Oscar for Black for Black Panther. Is I mean, all these people were working. So I saw Ava creates a world and allows you to see possibilities and gives a lot of people opportunities. So when she was doing Thirteenth, we had already worked together. She didn't like necessarily say, "Man, do a song." for this film, but I was like, you doing a, a movie on what? And it was kind of like close to being done. And she's like, yeah, just keep it quiet. And I was like, oh, I, I called Robert Glassman, Kareem Riggins and said, man, let's go in the studio and make a song for this. And we made it, we started making the pieces of it. And I was like, sent it to her. And she said, give me a call. She texted me like, call me. And I was like, oh, I hope this is good. And then she, she got me on the phone and was like, yo, I like this song, this song is it. She's like, I want you to change your second verse. So I ended up flipping my second verse and flipping it. We were going back and forth because Ava's really astute musically. Some people know, some people don't know. She used to rhyme. She used to be in a hip hop group, like, and was dope, like a dope voice and everything. Like, so anyway. I didn't either. And side note too, uh, Rob's my uncle. I don't know if you remember meeting me a couple years ago. Rob's my uncle. In in Houston? Yep. No, 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 not yes. in Houston. We were we met in LA. You guys were in the studio uh recording your first um album for August Green. Yo, bro, <laughs> I really looked at you and was like, I know her. <laughs> yeah. That's because Yo. she was sitting next to all this beauty. He was blindsided. <laughs> Small world, yeah. yeah. Yo, but but Rob, yo, we did that and we, you know, man, I ain't gonna front. We did that from the heart. We was like, I was I felt like I'd been speaking on a lot of different things, but I had never addressed the prison system so specifically, like the way 13th told it. I wanted our music to be a reflection of that because you all know we grow up, we think jail is normal. Oh, you know, our cousin Ralph went to jail. Well, homie John, John John went to jail. Like, yo, so it's like normal. We didn't really think of it as a systemic thing. And definitely I did, but until I read the new Jim Crow and read, uh, you know, like, and saw, not just saw the 13th, but read New Jim Crow, that I really started thinking of it from slavery. It was a form of slavery, and, and, and it was expre- explained to me where I could articulate, hey, you know this is slavery right here. This is basically another form of slavery, is the mass incarceration. So doing that song was very inspiring. As you know, we, we ended up, Rob and Kareem and I, we won Emmys for that song. Yeah, y'all we did. Like, wow, that's amazing. that's my that's a great segue to my question because you got an Oscar, you got a Grammy, you got an Emmy. What are we gonna do to complete the set to get that Tony? What you working <laughs> on? I want to know because I, I know you want it. Don't tell me you don't because you told me in my birthday oh, man, that you I, want. I, of course, of course, I want it. I mean, I like I'm I'm a person that I love. I do art because I love art. I want to change people's lives. I want to inspire people. But I do appreciate the the awards that come with that when it when it does because it's like. You're being celebrated for your art, and it's touched en- enough people that they like. Look, we gonna award you. We gonna give you this award. So m- my plight is to do theater, like for sure. It's one of the things that I was actually planning on doing for last year, doing some a, a theater piece I was acting in. But I also want to get to writing theater. But I'm gonna do it with the passion and love that I do all my art. And you know, God willing, the the. The Tony will come. What I'm, kind? I'm what kind of character you want to play on that? You want serious? You want comedy? What you want? Because you your know, singing, your singing voice is only okay. You 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 like a B list rapper, so you're singing. But you're singing. 
That's my boy, y'all. I'm just playing. First of all, I never claimed to be a singer. You know I'm messing with you, Let's clarify that. That's that West Side in me. Hey, hey, listen, listen. I want to do drama. The first thing I said, I want to do drama. The, the 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 play that I was set to do was a drama that was really dope. Um, and then you know, I actually wrote a piece that I did with um, that I did for Audible that y'all got to check out. It's called Bluebird Memories. It's like a play mixed with the music. It's a play, and we did it a year ago, exactly a year ago. We did it at a theater in New York um, called the Manetta Lane Theater, and it's on Audible for audio you know, style. But it was a step into me creating my own play. But I'm going to do theater. Just I wanted to do theater before any award. I wanted to do theater. So I'm an actor. I love it. Oh, you're going to get it. I, I don't even know how long it'll be before Broadway comes back with all the... Yeah, right now they're shut down until June, but so, who knows what's going to happen. Come, let me ask you a personal... Well, let me ask you a question. It ain't personal. Shit, we only talking to all the folks. <laughs> so you know they got the vaccine out. Uh, I'm completely against it. I, babe, let me tell you, I got enough foreign shit going on in my body. I ain't finna put nothing extra in there unless a potato chip with Doritos, <laughs> some chicken or something. Are you, are, you, <laughs> are you planning on getting the vaccine? Why or why not? Um, no, nah, I don't plan on getting the vaccine. Uh, you know, I've been at a certain point in my life, I started like focusing on health and wellness. And that doesn't mean you, you know, you immune from any disease, but I've been working to build myself and my immune system up um, and, and just take care of myself. And I just don't believe that uh, I'm not into like taking a bunch of you know, drugs and pharmaceutical drugs and and vaccines and stuff like that. I think the body has so much power in itself that it can heal itself in, in different ways if we eat the right foods and have the right natural things. I mean, our ancestors was doing it. I believe we can do it. We just have, we have more things about it because we got foods that's being injected with all type of stuff, you know, and, and we got electricity going all around me, you know, technology all around us. So some things mess with our bodies, but I still know, you know, you gotta understand, I've been around Dr. Sabi, who, you know, has healed people with cancer and and healed people with lupus. I've been with doctors and had friends who were dealing with lupus and their doctor said you need to eat raw and they they healed they were healed of lupus. So I've really seen the power in in foods as medicine and seen the power in eating naturally, you know, and taking natural things. So I'm gonna go on that route for, for a while and um you know that's just where I am with it. I don't knock anybody for what they need to do for their body. But I'm telling my family and my loved ones to not take a vaccine, to take care of themselves. Well, that's kind of segues because actually Flame brought up something regarding um, ED or erectile dysfunction. And it's like we see more and more now that there's more, you know, debilitating diseases that are affecting people at, you know, a, a younger age more and more. So what do you think is really happening that, you know, we even talked about last week, Chadwick Bozeman just recently, you know, passed away from, you know, colon cancer. It's just at 43 years old, we're just seeing more and more issues at younger age in folks, especially folks of color. Like, what do you think is happening? Wait a minute, comment. Wait a minute before you answer that question. Because how old are these these something that's having ED in their 20s? Yeah. Now, let me tell you. Between 20 and 39. Let me give y'all the he, she, we question, the answer to that. Because the girl in me was like, 
nigga, what's wrong with you? But the player in me was like, when I was in my 20s, keeping that motherfucker up wasn't the problem. Keeping it down was the issue. I was getting hard in church, goddamn. I'm telling you right now. Oh, I ain't the only one. Baby, don't let these titties fool you. I'm not understanding how you can't get erect in your 20s. Baby, those are the golden years. Let me let me take this wig off and get with y'all ass for real. <laughs> Okay, all right, Carmen, now you got it. <laughs> hey, 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 Blaine, hey, I'm with you in the 20s, boy. Woo! Take, <laughs> take me back, take me back, shit. Boy, boy it's, it's hard to just try to, to get yourself focused, though, when, when you're in your 20s. Right? Oh, but that, that being said, though, Lauren, I'll say, um, I think, you know, I think it has been the foods um, that has been some of the things that we're dealing with that's affecting our bodies, why you see younger people, you know, attracting diseases and dealing with what you just said, erectile dysfunction and, and some of the things that we heard, we didn't see young people getting those things. Like we, we ain't hear about our families. And I and, and and as our families would say, man, I ate pork and I ate all this, but they but they were eating it and it wasn't treated the way it's treated. It wasn't shot with as, mm-hmm. with as much BS that they shooting into it now. So, so that is one of the, the key things. I also think mental health and wellness is, is important. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think that could affect your, cause I know when, when my mind is like going through a lot, I ain't got as much sexual drive, just point blank, you know? So like, I think even mental health and wellness is, is a part of, of getting what you talk specifically when it comes to that. But I think in general, in fact, I think in general, we gotta, we gotta keep, Cause one of the things that I did understand too, and my mother used to say this to me, but I believe it even more now, is man, stress causes diseases too. Stress mm-hmm. causes like, like your body to to weaken up, and and it just breaks things down in different ways. It breaks you, your body down. So stress is one of the greatest causes of it. So I think the combination of us being aware and 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 taking a health, making healthier choices, and also you know having like mental health support. Will, will better. You'll see more twenty-year-olds rolling around hard, hard. They'll be, they'll be ready to get. Uh, 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 yeah, y'all, <laughs> look, y'all stay away from me. I'm trying to be good. Uh, wait a minute, comment. So you American, you here? We in Georgia celebrating, but they in D.C. doing something else. I know you yeah. saw it. Uh, you know, I, you know. I'm, I'm as a comedian. I'm not talking shit. It was very. It was a very sad part of the world to me, but. What you feel about it? and you, you just give us the sugar coated answer. We don't know who watched. Nah, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the rock. I'm gonna give you the rock. I'm gonna give you the Chicago. I'm gonna give you the Chicago. You know I like I this satire. I go front. I really didn't care about it. I ain't even care what they there were doing. Is. Like that. Yeah. that was, I like I was sitting there like thinking, man, do y'all understand what we just accomplished in this country? I was like, man. They distracting this this real celebration that's happening, like this real like change. Like a black woman is the deciding factor on laws and 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 bills being passed federally. Like Kamala Harris will decide if it's if it's a tie between between you know like the the the, the votes. Kamala Harris makes the decision of black woman vice president. Y'all understand where we are in history. And and to to be able to celebrate that was where my energy was, and and, and I always believe I don't know what the, how the Bible verse exactly says it, but if a fool, if you start arguing with a fool, you know it's hard for people to determine who the fool is right. at a yeah. certain point. Yeah. And I kind of was like, 
taking in all the energy of like hearing Tamika Mallory talk about that ain't our fight, hearing people saying, man, that, you know, me, my, my instinct was like, this is not, this ain't us. Let them be who they are. Let them, they got to show who they are. That's who they are. And the world does need to see it. Unfortunately, as you I heard you say, Flame, and I agree, I never want to see anybody lose their life or, you know, be damaged. You know, I'm, that's not where my heart is. So I'm never, like, happy about that or don't say I don't, I don't care. I do care that people lost their life and lost their lives, but I don't care about all the commotion going on and all the hype. Man, this is, even for us to be like, even for us to be like, man, if this happened to us, we know that, Flame. You know that. We know that. We already know that. We we passed that. We know if if a lot of shit happened to us, it's going it's gonna to be different. We already know that. So what? Are, where are we now? Right now, we are. We got people in, in office that we got to hold accountable to say that if this does happen to us, what is going to be changed? And that's where my mind is, is focused, eyes on the prize. So I let the fools be fools. Well, let's quickly shout out HBCUs, too, because we got a Howard alum who's who's officially a vice president of the country on January 20th. We have a Morehouse man who was the first black senator in our country. And all at the same time, a Spelman alum helped get them all elected. So shout out to HBCUs and what we're affording black folks in this country. And, you know, I know you love women, period, all across the flavor. But let me ask you as a black man in this country right now how proud of you are the black women's accomplishment because mm-hmm. you know I I love women period I I'm not one of them I love baby you know I'm real nasty I like yeah. you know yeah. uh-huh. but <laughs> as a black man in this country right now how proud are you of our sisters for just being bosses man I love it I mean as you went from as you said from your boss Tiffany to to, to Michelle Obama, our, our, our homegirl, to, to Kamala Harris, to, you know, to, man, so many other incredible, from the Beyonce's to just on. Don't be putting on. all them skinny bitches up there. What about <laughs> Stacey Abrams? Stacey Abrams. Stacey yeah, Abrams. baby, Abrams. she a sex symbol. She, Stacey Abrams. <laughs> hey, you know I'm going to get your ass. Hey, hey, Tiffany, hey, Tiffany just worked. She worked out to get or skinny or whatever. I don't know. You know, she can work it Tiffany out. Tiffany over there looking good, boo. Let me tell you something. She be talking something. She be up at 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning running Thompson Flame. You should go jog on me. I told her, bitch, if you lost your mind. <laughs> exercise is good for you. I got some exercise. <laughs> John. Not that kind. Oh. But, yo, I'm, so, I'm so like, like Stacey Abrams is somebody that has changed the world. Like she is a figure that has changed the world, literally. And it ain't no, she ain't doing it for no hype. She showed, like, I just thought about her strength today. Like, to lose in the race the way she did in, in, for governor for Georgia and to take that loss and turn it into something that changes the world, that engage voters to get more people educated, to be able to do that, that just shows you the strength of a black woman and a woman. And I'm celebrating what where our black women are because at the same token, too, it's like the black women have had it the most difficult challenges in this in this country, probably maybe in the world, because being a woman has already been challenged, but then being a black person is a challenge. Because I mean, I'm, and not naturally, but just the way the world treats us. So to see the victory and to see a, a woman from Howard, to see where the way Michelle Obama is the one of the most loved people, to see Stacey Abrams make the changes she made, 
and you know, even just give it. The Oprahs and they continue to do stuff, and and it's young black women that you know is doing things also. And you see the black man and the black woman handle that same situation very differently because Stacey yeah. Abrams lost the government and took over the state. Andrew Gilliam lost Florida and went to the hotel with them boys. Yes. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> no, I still like his politics coming. I'm talking shit, but I still like his politics. I hate that he had to live in shame because the world won't allow people to be who they are openly without being judged. So he had to sneak around. But I was making a point to say that the black man went one way and the, the black woman went another way but I go both ways I'm just saying though <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, let me say you know Andrew Gillum went, I went to Florida and him he's a family you graduate I always got respect for my love what he was was striving and working to do down there in Florida his personal choices I, you know I have nothing to do with that I just support him as what he was doing politically and um, I still got love and respect for him so that's what it is, but you know he, he, he you know he did what he needed to do. He got caught. He got caught. He got caught with his pants down. Pull your pants up, player. Pull your pants up. See, that's what you guys get for walking around here sagging. Y'all need to stop all that sagging shit. Y'all know where that sagging stuff supposed to came from. I'm just saying what I heard on the streets. <laughs> Pull your goddamn pants up. But I, yeah. I, I do want to kind of switch back to the music, though, because you talked earlier about arts. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, arts education is just not something that's being afforded in like schools anymore. It's kind of, you know, it's not as important. And with this pandemic hitting, you know, we really saw in a lot of ways music was at the forefront of keeping people's spirits up and just keeping them happy about life. Has your appreciation or perspective rather on music changed at all since the pandemic hit and just seeing all of the positivity it's really brought into the world? Lauren, my my appreciation and and gratitude for music has strongly like been it's been remind I've been reminded, I've been rebirthed in it in a way. And that's such a great question because I didn't know I would because we were, you know, during this pandemic, because we were all at home and I was um, doing my workouts and stuff, I found myself listening to only the music I really wanted to listen to. So I was putting on 90s hip hop and 90s soul music, you know, R&B, 90s R&B, 70s soul, jazz music. But I really found myself like people enjoying and sharing music. And, and, and I started sitting with music more in my home, which I don't do a lot because I make music and I'm always around music. So, but I was like, man, this music has really touched me. Oh, and I forgot one other gospel. I love gospel mm -hmm. music too. So like in that, I love gospel music and, and, and I was playing that and it just was really inspiring my day and giving me a peace. You know, the word peace beyond understanding is what I got through the music a lot and, and really feeling connected. And you know, you saw people, whether it was D-Nice DJing or the verses, where we all, I would see people online and I see people, musicians that I love, you know, making comments. I'd be like, oh, this, you know, and it was just the music that was uniting us. So, and, and I realized too, that as much as I love, I love acting a lot. Like I love acting a whole lot. Like just, you know, I, I would say with as much passion as I have for music, but you can't, I can't, you know, like you can't just go make a film by yourself. You still need somebody to hold the camera, da, da, da. Music, if you could play guitar, you could play, you could play piano, or even if you could just sing without, you could still do it. You could, I can rhyme, and and I don't need anything. And it's just like music is such a a true gift from God. And I just, I definitely gained a a great 
value for it. What y'all mm-hmm. need to know is Common is a very spiritual man. He be burning his little whatever stuff when we be playing cards because he was like Paul the White calling on those African angels. Ain't none of them bitches showed up. Understand? <laughs> I don't play no games with hey, Common on no hey. space table when he be burning. It's Palo Santo. You yeah. <laughs> Baby, he burns all his herbs, spices, celery, bell pepper, all that. Don't none of that shit work when we playing cards because I be telling you, hey. that be that west side hey. on that south side ass, hey. baby. Hey, you really act like you a great Space player. You really the only reason you ever won the one game that you want is because of Gio. Let's be honest, player. If we gonna talk about it, nigga, we gonna talk about it. Come on, that's just that. That is your strategy. The reason I won. Flame said the reason I won is because of you. Tell the truth. Tell the Gio. Definitely because of me. Thank you. Hi, my Gio. Not as gorgeous as you. I'm trying to look like you, girl. Look all young and stuff. Hey, her birthday, her birthday is on Friday. Happy early birthday. It's Capricorn. Oh, girl, you always got some money because y'all cheap as shit. Hey, baby, happy birthday. <laughs> Common, what's your zodiac sign? Huh, what you say? What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Pisces. Uh-oh. February. March 13th. Oh, nigga, you good and crazy, My mom's too. a Pisces, so I can say that. It's okay. Y'all are special yeah, people. Thank, yeah, we got I mean, we got. <laughs> We are good and crazy. Though. Good, I, I know good. what I say. Good and crazy. We we good people. We good hearted people, but we crazy because we want one day I want to do this, the next day I want to do this. Well, that's that's your sign. Y'all I got feel the like fish. that in the same hour. You know their fish goes opposite directions, <laughs> exactly. so you know that makes sense. That's all <laughs> it is. Too Come, you know I want to know. I want to know because uh, your daughter is your daughter ever going to get into acting or modeling? Because she's very lovely. She had big old lashes on at the party. I said, "Say, girl, when you doing a drag show, take them big ass bat wings off your face." But she was so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was just it was just her birthday around the same time as mine, right? Or yeah, something? her birthday was yeah her birthday was August. Um, yeah, it was August coming 13th. up. Yeah. So um, now she she's a lawyer. She's um, going to law school. So I mean, she said something about acting just to me the other day, but I don't think she really would want to act. I told her she should take acting class being a lawyer, because it takes, like, acting class is something that, to me, even if you don't want to be an actor, it gives you confidence to be in front of people and try different things. And, and you know, like, to be a lawyer, you got to be able to communicate and talk and, like, have that confidence, and that's half the battle. Well, thank you for sending her law school. We need more lawyers that look yeah. like us to represent us when we get in trouble, even when we didn't do shit. Because I tell you, I, when the wig, police pull me up, I'm putting my wig on. Because it's safer for me to be a tranny than a black man, and that's the real talk. Baby, I'm going to let you feel these titties. If it's going to scare the shit out you and you're going to run away from me, whatever it takes, baby. Ain't that what uh, Malcolm X said? By any means necessary. Any the means messed necessary. up part about that was Donald Trump took those words and took it to heart because this nigga is trying to cheat and win and get back in here by any means necessary. We love to say the words as black folks, but we got to we got to walk it. We got to walk yeah. it. Georgia yeah. walked it last week. We have really showed up this year. And common, we had a conversation about. Or well, actually, we had a comment today. We having a conversation. A conversation. We having a conversation. <laughs> Don't be stealing my shit. I want to hit that in your next rap. I want my check. Hey, that's why I came up with that. Y'all. Oh, <laughs> Tiffany, girl, call me. No, uh, what was I saying? I was telling. Oh no, we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago. Comment about um, they were saying they were equating racism with mental illness. Yeah, that that's their new thing on the other side. Cause on our side, we when John John was crazy, we sent that nigga down south for. The, well, he he went down south with the rest of the family, but 
So 74 million or 75 million people yeah. that voted for Trump, because there are good Republicans. Understand that there are good Republicans. But voting for Trump this go round and being a Republican were two different things. Seventy. They want to equate that it was 74 mental ill people in this country that voted for Trump because mental illness and racism ain't the same thing. Racism is a learned behavior yes. to me. Racism definitely is a learned behavior, but it, it may take some some mental help to get you out of that learned behavior and, and, and some work on self. Or to, to know, or look, or to know Pookie and them on the south side. I know them <laughs> niggas number. I know Pookie and them. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> they erase exactly. the serial it, number it, off of their thing. It's either gonna be a, a, a good a good ass whipping, and that, even that ain't gonna eventually. Because even like one thing I was thinking about when uh, somebody brought up the, the people who went to the Capitol, I was like, what did they accomplish really? What did they accomplish? Like, what did they leave with? Like, when you go do something, like if you're in a movement. You want to leave with some something that feels like it's changing. Like they left with something. pictures with the police, and they left with some paperwork out of the out of the con, out of the Senate. And, uh, and Nancy building. Pelosi's uh, stand but, but, that they're selling on yeah, eBay. It's ridiculous shit. Ridiculous shit. Yeah, but I mean, listen, racism is a sickness that has existed for a long time, and it got a, and it got and it has to deal with with a fear of of another person, you know, taking your position their greatness, like you not having enough love for yourself to be able to see somebody else shine. And I mean, I think throughout history, because we as as original people, as original man and woman, have been shining and having these natural things that just are beautiful, like some people just haven't been able to deal with that. And we not the type of people to be like, yo, get out of here, though. Like black people ain't go just like ostracize you just because you not on, you know, a certain level. but for whatever reason, their fears and that and that and some of the things that have that have developed in their nature, they go try to conquer every place that they that they are on this planet. And they and I'm mm -hmm. talking, you know, and and that racism has been passed on. That mentality has been passed on to a lot of people. And the reason why I say it's going to take some type of mental um, wellness to to help is because how do you heal disease? How do you heal mental like issues like issue issues it ain't even just let's let's say regardless of mental let's say it's an emotional issue how do you heal that mm. that's the question for both of y'all what, what would you say um you don't want you don't want i i've had to heal emotion uh common you know i've been through a little bit of everything baby i've been to prison i've been a prostitute i have uh survived uh Baby, a man trying to kill me. Two white boys threw me out of a car. Uh, my mental illness to me was I never not saw what I wanted. I've always saw what I wanted, and I knew I looked differently, and I people tried to change me. If I wanted to be famous just for being famous, they offered me reality shows nine, ten years ago when they found that I was a transgender person who had children. I did never want to sell my kids out. You've been with me in the company of me and my son. Whatever I lose in this life, I will never lose my son respect for me as his father. Because right. no matter what y'all think or what y'all see, my son respects me as his dad. And I asked that nigga for his birthday on Sunday the 9th or Saturday, what you want for your birthday? You know what he told me? I got the what? greatest dad in the world. I don't need mm. nothing. I, wow. I I was shook. Don't no nigga shake me. That nigga had me shook. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's but the, hey, but that's the truth. And he spoke his truth. And I mean, I seen a reflection of it in, in your in your kids. Not only your son, but just 
both girls, everybody, they was just like, you're a great parent. And that just go to show you, man, how respect and love and that, and that's, to answer your question, that's some of them things that, that wasn't passed down in, in some of them communities. And now it gotta be checked. Sometimes the check is gonna be, uh, you're gonna have to deal with the ride. And sometimes it's gonna be a little, you know, you, we're, gonna, we're gonna work through it emotionally. But, but whatever way, it's gotta happen. Sometimes, you know, unfortunately, some just think some for some of this change to happen. We we lost some of our brothers and sisters' lives. It's just what it is. So some of that some of that racism going to be beat down through physical things. That I mean, it's going to take some dramatic things like that. But it's going to be years and years of healing that got to take place. And you know, I believe we have to set the examples, and not in the way that's like we're going to just forgive and forget all the things, but. Yeah, we can live in forgiveness, but we also live in, in, in teaching. And forgiveness also has it does have accountability, and it does have like it holds people responsible, and you put people in check. So I, I feel like we we got to be our, the examples of what we want to see too. That's a good setup for me because mm -hmm. I want to ask you as an artist, what do you feel like it is the the responsibility level of an artist? And Vesper asked me to ask you this question. I thought this was a great question. Myself included, any and whatever form of entertainment you are, if you're an influencer, what do you feel it's the responsibility of the artist to speak about the social climate or the political times that's happening in their lifetime at, in real time? Well, artists are human beings. And if you care for your family, you care for your community, you care for your people, you, you care, then you should use your microphone for something that mm -hmm. is going to uplift and show that you can all of it is don't have to be consciousness all of it doesn't have but you got to say something you know or, or and do something when you've been given the the opportunity to have a microphone the opportunity to have a gift a talent that you can use like i said no one is asking a, a, any artist to to be like yo every song need to be about the community and, and need to be about love and respect for one another but Man, what can you do? Like, look at yourself and say, what can I do that will benefit more than me? Benefit benefit people that are that are in my community, people that I know are, are hurting and dealing with different things. What can I do? And if you just do that, then that's that's enough for me as a, as an artist. Like, and it don't even have to be done all like where everybody has to see it. But sometimes it needs to be seen just so other people can know that is being done and you can inspire others. Like some of the things we were doing on, on, on the campaign when we went out, I don't promote everything I do, but this time I was like, I need people to vote. I need people to know it's, it's voting is important. So I'm putting up, I'm putting that thing up. Like we putting it up. And that's one of the reasons I did that. So, so my thing is like, just do something that you know is benefiting something more than just yourself and use that microphone wisely. Like, Nina Simone said an artist should reflect the times. It's the duty of ours. That's our duty. I feel it's our duty as artists and as human beings. I think mm -hmm. we got too many cowardly artists. Let me say what I see. Hold on, because y'all know y'all gonna come after me, but I fight back. Uh, <laughs> and I coming uh. back. <laughs> be be ready, be scared of this clapback because it's dangerous. Um how did there were so many people who were not politically savvy or who did not come out long before when we had twenty-three candidates running for 
president. Let's just go back to that. And then they came out with all this, hold the vote. Your vote don't matter for the black agenda. Mm -hmm. Every time I ask somebody black, what is the black agenda? Has it changed in 400 years? Because, you know, Common, I thought the irresponsibility of some of these people who had shine and power and a, and a microphone, like you said, use it wisely, would telling a black people to hold their vote in the, in the state of the world that we were in and are in was the most ridiculous, irresponsible shit I ever heard. And if I never work for you, it's okay. I'm cute anyway. I'm still working. No, no, no. no I mean, I think the timing of it was, 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 was really tough to me. Like, I was like, the timing of this is, is, is not good because if we do have those things, we need to go at a time where it ain't about voting right now. Like if you say like, man, this is this is the black agenda too. It can't be just we go to them with that when it's time to vote. And that's one of the things that I've been like really want to be keen on for us. Now it's like, okay, we we showed up. You just said it. We showed up. Black people showed up during this election more than more than we had before. And we were the we were the people that changed it. We were the people that changed it, point blank. And like we were we were the deciding factor. Now how in between that can we continue to educate ourselves and keep people engaged so that they can locally know who's running, who and who's who's good for them and, and, and know like on the state side and know eventually continue to go through the federal so we can stay engaged and this is not just a time where things is going crazy that we go to um, these elected officials or candidates and ask for things. We need to be doing this all throughout throughout the process and not just asking, demanding, commanding things. So I, I do believe, you know, I, I respect, you know, I got respect for, for Cube. I got respect for, for Wayne too. So I, I respect that they can speak their minds and say what they need to say. Um, I just knew that for me that meant that we had to go even harder to get people out to vote. Uh -huh. Look, look, uh -huh. I ain't say no names, but since you mentioned Doughboy and the nigga that drink cough syrup to get high, nigga, stay away from the dead NyQuil. You need some DayQuil to wake your ass up. <laughs> God damn it, look. He gonna get woke up unless he get this pardon from y'all president, because they talking about, they say that he did talk about pardon Lil Wayne on those gun charges that he's facing 10 years on. Yeah. I'm just saying this nigga didn't committed all kind of crimes and y'all let him pardon. I want to ask one more question, Common. I want to know this question about, do you think that they should impeach him or do you think that they should just invoke the 25th Amendment, which would, it, which would strip this fool of his rights? I'm with that one. But what do you think? Should they impeach him or, or strip him of his rights? Yeah, the 25th sound good. My, the 25th Amendment sound good. I would, I would to be honest, I kind of like, man, let's, like, let's just get rid This is... This is done. Like impeachment is like we only down to like nine more days before the inauguration, right? Yeah, I mean, and just to interject really quick, I my opinion is I don't think we should impeach him because what I foresee happening is Mike Pence taking over for even if it's five days, he's gonna give him a pardon. That's what's gonna happen. And seven years, let me tell you something, common, because you know I'm an old conspiracy theorist, bitch. Uh, cons you know, conspiracy theory. You know that that word. I believe that the, the the way they have put out that Mike Pence and Trump is into it, I think that's the overplay for the underplay. That's the Chicago term. That's the overplay for the underplay because I, I think publicly they want us to look like they're feuding and battling. But the plan is for Pence to become president and then pardon Donald Trump. It's, oh, it's all a scam to me. I'm saying when I'm, I'm a fake bitch. So, you know, I can say it because I see fake shit. I got fake, you know, all that. <laughs> 
But I'm telling y'all, I think it's a ploy, and we keep taking the attention off what's really happening on that side because they keep trying to show us something on this side. So if you throw everything to the left, naturally everybody going to look to the left. Some of us got to look to the right because they on some bullshit. I'm just telling y'all, pay attention. Kama, you think you'll ever get involved in politics later in uh, life? Um, I, I sometimes always said no, and I don't think I will because I really love like being an artist. And you know, and I love acting. I love like creating, but I and I feel like I could do for people without having to be actually a politician. But who knows, man? As we just said, like as we encourage other people to to, to step up and young people to step into their position and 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 actually be the senators and be the district attorneys. I mean, I may, I may. It might be a position in, in politics that that will serve me where I can serve the people better. I'm all about being able to serve the people and being my purpose. So if my purpose leads me to, to politics, I will do it. But right now, I'm just doing what I can do to support those who I believe in that are in politics. Mm-hmm. And, and we appreciate all that you're doing, too. We just want to engage some of the flame ads because they are sending questions in. I, Nick I has I been texting for, me. I vote for you. I vote for you. <laughs> in both my <laughs> names. Because I got two IDs, him and her. But he, she, we vote for Wait a minute. I'll tell you how I vote for you more. Tell Lena Waithe I say, hey, dude. Hey, hey, Lena. That's Lena, my type. Lena, my type. But tell, I don't know why I'm not the candy lady on the chat. Let me just talk about because you produced the chat. You, fr- I used to run the city of Chicago. Is what you don't know, player. I ran that city. At, at hey, a- Lena, Lena, what up? You know I love you, Lena. Lena, you need. I need to be the candy. Lady. I need to run guns, sell holes, sell candy, cook chitlin plates, all that. Baby, it's always the candy lady in the city of Chicago. They always and the candy lady had always kept a young man, kept a pistol, and kept plenty of money in her pocket. Now I got, I ain't got no young man, but I got plenty of money and I got a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> so really quickly, we want to get some people. Uh, they're asking us questions for you. So specifically, the the number one question is, what are your beard tips? What's going on with the beard? People want to know. Just just let them know. What do you do to keep it so well groomed and so uh, amazing looking? Well, listen, I'm not. To be honest, I'm. I'm not the barber. I, 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 my tips is to to get a great barber who really knows what they're doing. And I like my beard. Like I really love doing this time of um, like when we were down. I just was letting it go, and I and I remembered how much I like it to be to be raw, like woofing, like Gil Scott Heron or somebody or Marvin Gaye. Like so, my my tips is to 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 keep it healthy. You know, eat healthy, so that that's gonna give your beard. The, 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 Machine you want, but always have a good barber or, or whoever do your hair around. Cause I, I get my my beard done. Like if if I got stuff to do, I get it done every like three four days. Um, yeah, cause it, I, I mean. I, if Tiffany wasn't my boss, nigga, I had about four jokes up in what you just said. <laughs> but I I love you, Tim. <laughs> I ain't saying shit. I want my job. I like my job. Uh, <laughs> what y'all don't know is Common has the most beautiful bald head I ever seen. That nigga ain't got no blemishes in it. It's the same color. Ain't no nicks and cuts or nothing. Common got the best bald head ever. And it's the same. It's, it ain't like, you know, how some people had a light around and it's the same color. The whole head is the same color. But that nigga real light. That nigga look like a lemon head in person. Like a, like a, that nigga real light, like a light bulb. Um, what other thing people are asking is you talked about uh, music earlier and your appreciation for it now throughout the pandemic. So who are your, uh, fav- who's your favorite, I would say, uh, jazz artist and hip hop artist? My favorite um, jazz artist is John Coltrane. Uh, my favorite hip hop artist would probably be the group Tribe Called Quest, the group mm. themselves. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the '90s with the with the hip hop a lot. I mean, I still I listen to some of the new artists and, and appreciate respect what they're doing. But me growing up, I was listening to to Tribe and, and to Gangstar and the Black Moon, which you know some of them were my peers. Nas is one of my favorites. So yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Come, let me ask you this. With all this downtime and all these kids going to the internet, because you really are seeing a lot of talent, because Lauren talk, talked about that earlier. Do you get the inboxes that these people send you of their beats and their rapping and woo-woo-woo? And do you actually go through them yourself? Because I know a lot of people have other people go through their social media. Because I know well, a lot of these young kids want to know, do you actually see them? Well, you know, I, I created this, this platform. It's called Stardust Kids. And what we do is it's a collective of different artists from musicians to, to directors to like visual artists. Um, you can sing, rap, whatever. And, and like, honestly, it's a, my team between On and Nicole are like just younger people who like check out all the stuff and then they, they tell me what's good and we put it on the platform and just give people a chance to connect with other artists and also try to be a bridge to be able to get artists signed. So Stardust Kids, is what I created to be that. Cause I honestly wouldn't, wouldn't listen to every DM that somebody, you know, wouldn't listen to something, everything that someone sends me. Cause I'll be sometimes working on my own stuff slash just getting my own peace of mind. So I, I, I made sure that I got a team that does check it out and I hear the stuff that makes it to the next level. <laughs> Oh, a built-in star search. A built-in uh, American Idol. I'm sorry, let me go back. No, 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 no. I just uh, the one thing I do want to do want to know too is what message do you think is one that would be inspiring to the youth now? Like, what would you say to the youth that are coming up? You know, in these we can call them tumultuous times for all intents and purposes. What's a message of inspiration you would give to them right now? I think um, it's been no better, no greater time than this time for you to really know what you care about and know what you value and know to discover what your purpose is because the world did stop and everything wasn't moving. You didn't have to do so much. So you actually have an opportunity to listen to yourself and figure out like what is important to me in this world and what can I contribute in this world? Like a lot of the things that seemed important pre-pandemic a lot of that got removed. So now it's up to you to say, what's important to me? Like, mm -hmm. is it followers? Is it, it, you know, how much does that really mean to your life for real? Like, unless you translate that into something that becomes business or becomes powerful, how are you used? Like, to me, for me, it's been, if I don't do something with the, with a, a, an Oscar, if I don't like change somebody's life or use that platform, that access to do greater things, then what did I really get it for? Mm -hmm. So my thing is to, is what I say to young, younger people is to find what you purpose for. And when you do it, pursue that with all your heart and soul and, and use it to better other people when you can. Like just use it to better other people. Flame does it through comedy. Flame is like, yo, like, and, and, we learning, but we also laughing. So, you know, Flame found where, you know, like, well, this is where I'm going to do it. This is what one of the, this is one of the ways. Like, and and I think it's important you find a way to 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 you know to do something you love and contribute to the world. 
I love that. Kama, mm-hmm. you know you the man. You are you let me are you gonna marry let me ask the Uh-oh. are you gonna marry <laughs> Tiffany Haddish? Uh-oh. Look at me all in <laughs> look at me all in oh, yeah, the be That would be a beautiful thing, I would say. That would be amazing. Am I gonna right uh, better question? Just, am I gonna get invited to the wedding? <laughs> Well, of course you would. If we, okay, if we don't start got to shit. a wedding level, you know, no, we would have to. It's a must. You know, I might be. She might be, show up with a gun if you baby, don't. Baby, I come there gunning like Medea. I shake that bitch up. She come on some real West Side. Shit. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Carmen, what high school did you go to in Chicago? I went to Luther South. Um, it was over on 87th and Kenzie. Unfortunately, it closed down. But shout out to all my my Luther South people. I know you went to the V. The I, v, I, I stayed right by CVS. I stayed like about five blocks from CVS. You're a little older than me, though, so you had graduated long before I came out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Left lane telling. You started off with about the space. Now you come with other. Oh, that nigga was calling on the whole arm of God. They didn't show up. They, they wasn't fucking with. They wasn't fucking with this devil. I tell people all the time, come. The only reason I ain't did, cause God don't want me up there, cause I talk too much shit. He be like, dude, you gotta explain them titties first. Get that story together before I even bring you this way, cause God ain't ready for me. Common, <laughs> uh, one other thing, can you uh, tell us about your website and where people can go and uh, visit you to get some more information about all of the activism and things that you're doing? Yeah, well, you know for sure. Um, I'm here on IG at Common. I'm, like my website is thinkcommon.com. We actually have uh, a lot of new um, like gear, new clothes and stuff like this dope, like this Common Well line that we've been doing. I should have had on a sweatshirt now, but it's like <laughs> from from this workout series and, and, and this health and wellness series I did called Common Well, we have some of the gear for that. Um, but yeah, you can check me out at Common on, on all platforms. Carmen, I appreciate you. I thank you for joining, doing this for me because I know you're a busy man and you can find other things to do. Plus, you know I had to push Tiffany. and She didn't even <laughs> have to twist your arm. You agreed to it right off. I appreciate yeah. you. You are you are the man, Carmen. I'm telling you something. As a friend, I appreciate you. As a man, I respect you. As a trainee, I respect you for respecting me. And as a professional, nigga, bring it. We should have a comedy <laughs> a comedy rap concert. I can open for you, baby. Yeah. I have on fire, you know. He, she, we. Yeah. He, he, she, we. I've been asking you to write me a rap called He, she, we. You, you on that bullshit. See, you on that bullshit. He, she, we. I love, hey, you know I got love for He, she, we. And Lord, it's good to see you. I'm going to tell Rob I, I, I build with you on the on Yeah, on I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him yeah. a little later and tell him we talked today for sure. It's yeah. good to see you too. Hey, thank you, Common. Thank you for what you're doing and life changing, the things that you're doing, changing people's lives because some of these young brothers and sisters are seeing you and watching you. Tell that killer Mike I want to pick his brain because that's the, that nigga brilliant to me. Good God, yeah, that nigga a, is brilliant to me. Yo, he's a, he's, a, he's a real dude, real and an intelligent one, so powerful one so respect to killer mike you will uh, you will you will open up a door for other men that are straight and heterosexual that just in the world to allow them to speak to to me or somebody that looks like me now just because you did this so hats off to you i would say half but nigga you ain't got no hair hats (laughs) off to you pimp (laughs) it looks Uh, good though (laughs) thank you she i appreciate you love you dude love you thank you peace ladies and gentlemen that was oscar award winning grammy award winning tony well, he ain't won the tone yet. Well, Speak it into existence. Bring it. Bring it. Thank you guys for joining. Lauren, you, Lauren, I think you should run for politics. I'd vote for you. You know what? I feel like uh, what Barack said about Michelle, I think my mouth might be a little too reckless for that. Well, actually, after what Trump has done, I think, is anything off limits now? Well, there's a double standard. You got to remember the double standard. So. Well, at the last.
last Wednesday. I think that might be getting slowly moving out the way. I think they were more embarrassed than anything else. But, you know, they don't <laughs> act like that. Oh, we they don't do that. We don't act like that. Yeah, that's true. But mm. Mm, anyway, the I think this was an amazing job. conversation. Anytime you're involved in the conversation, Lauren Hope, she, you know oh, she got to check so on you Anytime you're involved. <laughs> no, Say all the right things. It was great. Comment. You was dope for doing that. You yeah. guys can follow yeah. Lauren Hogan where? At Lauren Armani H on Instagram. And due to my instructions from um, this beautiful individual right here, I'm also on YouTube now at Lauren Hogan. You can subscribe and see amazing episodes of Laugh and Learn. And you can follow Nick Smith at Nick Smith News. One word on all social media platforms, including YouTube. You can also follow me on YouTube, which is Flame Monroe. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram as Monroe Flame. I do do a uh, love lounge I do in the evenings at 6.30 West Coast time when I'm feeling it. We have a great time. We play music. We break stories. It's, it's only for a grown. It's the escape hour. Don't come with politics. For grown folks. It's only for grown people. And I'm not talking about grown in age. I'm talking about grown in mentality. Because some yes. of you motherfuckers 70 acting like you're 12. Oh, we're not talking about <laughs> Trump no more though, are we? No, no, oh, no. Okay, no, no. okay. okay. I just on. had to get that in. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. To my executive producer, Tiffany Haddish, you made the magic happen. We appreciate yes. you over Thank here you. at at Laugh and Learn to our fabulous cameraman Kendall thank you so much to our producer Tribble we appreciate you to all the Flamettes this show could not be possible without you we thank you I thank you Nick Smith my partner I thank my new baby right here Lauren Hogan we we got another job to do yeah we do we gotta go to set <laughs> in about an hour or so thank you guys for watching and subscribing please like share and subscribe like share and subscribe we will see you all next week we got Ellen coming real soon y'all better get we got okay. Joe Coy coming we got D.O. Hughley coming. We got a lineup. Oh, yeah. Come on with it. This is Laugh and Learn. Thank you. Remember, can't no bitch do what you do because we are not trying to get you to change your mind. We are trying to get you to use your mind. And there you go. Peace. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. 
or home to vibes like this and this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like Whoa. and hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team ranking as a top culinary destination in the world be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.